and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I am Mr. Warren Hayes, and this is my show, named after me, Warren Hayes. And this is the show that we talk about professional wrestling, right here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Why, specific, why am I always talking about YouTube.com? Because this is where I, I, I record live every Thursday night. 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, uh, 8 Central. You know, those are the principal time zones that I know of. <laughs> I, I probably know more, but hey, this is where we're at right now. And this is what we're doing here tonight. And I am so stoked to be here again on another Thursday to talk about uh, wrestling with all of y'all. Yes, all of y'all who are hanging out here tonight on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show live chat because we we accumulate a very lovely, wonderful live chat uh, every every Thursday evening. And my gosh, what a wonderful time it is. And look, let me pull this up here. I, 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 I'm, I feel like I'm half ready here. Look at who we've got here. We've got Robert Larry, who's here joining us tonight. How are you doing, Robert? Good to see you. Kelly Tonjas, nice to see you, Kelly. I almost did the 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 hj thing again but i didn't welcome kelly it's nice to see you uh we've also got uh, chris fielder nice to see you chris welcome to the welcome to the show who else have we got we've got big t who's here as well nice to see you big t um scroll 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 hey look at this phantom arc 82 our boy ben who supplies us with all the musics ben good to see you welcome again follow ben at facebook.com slash phantomark82. You need to do that. Mr. Fritz is here as well. Nice to see you, Fritz. Nice to see you. DGMC is in the house. John Bear Gaming. Hello again. Nice to see you. We've also got AK Germany 96 who's joined us. What a wonderful crew uh, of, of people that we have accrued here tonight. See, we've accrued a crew. It's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, playing fancy with words. That's what we're doing. That's all we do here. We're very fancy people here at the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. And uh, yeah, I only attract the fanciest as well. <laughs> at this point, I'm just going just gonna to stop. But hey, welcome. Thank you very much for joining uh, me live here tonight. And if you are enjoying this right now, if you're like, hey, I'm feeling good. This is great. Warren's in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. Let's go ahead and give, give him a thumbs up on this video. That'd be great. A good old-fashioned thumbs up here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. That stuff is fantastic. And if you're watching later on, on demand, on your own time, you can still give the video a thumbs up, and that's great as well. Plus, if you're listening to this maybe on your favorite podcast application because the Mr. Warren Hayes show is also available as a video, as a, well, yes, as video, of course, but as an audio podcast, my God, man. And we can get right, you, you can give us some, some love there with a review, a subscription, a, a, a follow, a, a like, whatever. And that also helps out a great deal. Thank you very much if you're listening to this in audio format. I know you guys are out there. I know I make a big deal of the, uh, out of the live chat because it's, it's so cool that people take time out of their day to come here. And, it, it, you know, it's always something that I, I, it still astounds me to this day. I'm still not used to it. Uh, it's, it's not something like I appreciate anyone who takes the time out of, out of their, their, their weekly schedules to come here live. And I just like, I appreciate anyone who takes the time to, to come and join me live as well. 
Uh, not necessarily live, just at, at any time. You just to, to tune in, listen, whatever. I appreciate it. I appreciate it a great deal. Thank you all very much. Those are nice little simple ways to, to show some love for the Mr. Warren Hay Show. You can also show some love to belttobells.com. That's B-E-L-L-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S.com. Your women's wrestling wire. We're still punching through the the the, the PWI 500 Ooh, yeah. list. And we're interviewing women, all sorts of women who were who made it on the list and who are uh, who we were excited to see on the list and we're excited to see on the list. And, 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 and you should check it out. I interviewed a bunch of people. We have some guest commentators. We've got Emily May, not uh, commentators, interviews. We've got Emily May, who's got some interviews coming up. We've got uh, 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 Sam Laterna as well, who's going to be, uh, who's interviewed a couple of people. Yeah, a whole bunch of folks. I'm like, I'm forgetting people right now. But there's a whole bunch of people going through these interviews. We've got over 20 of them. Super exciting stuff. The women of the 500, the PWI 500. Go check it out. Beltabells.com. Or on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bells, Or on Twitter, twitter.com slash bells. B-E-L-L-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S. That's always great. That's uh, that's just great. Um, let's see, what else? What else we got? Um, uh, the Discord? Mr. Warren Hayes Show Discord? Hey, you know what's... Look, G1 season is coming up starting on the 18th, right? So, like, uh, two days from now. Starting on the 18th, and uh, one of our uh, one of our members, uh, one of our members over there on the Discord, Sean, has started up a, a, a G1 Climax 31 Pick'em, a, a, a predictions gimmick, I guess you'd call it. And uh, he started that up on the Discord for members of the Discord, and there's a prize for uh, for whoever uh, scores the most points, who is closest to the results, of course. Whoever scores the most points at the end. We got a, a nice $50 gift certificate, gift card. Do they still call them gift certificates? I suddenly feel very old, like uh, towards the 1980s when McDonald's was sort of pushing to say, hey, give your, give, put, put, put some McDonald's gift certificates as stocking stuffers. We don't call them gift certificates anymore, do we? It's, they're gift cards, right? There's, there, see, there's things like that that sometimes slip out of my mouth and and they and they make me feel really old. Like when I say a record, you know. Oh, I li- I listen to the latest Radiohead record, or I listen. You know. Oh yeah, I've got I've got the I've got the uh, the latest uh, Run the Jewels record, and people are you know like, and kind of you know, shows my age a little bit. But I don't get I don't care. Y'all know what I'm talking about, regardless. Even if I'm not using the contemporary uh, 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 terminology. You still understand what I'm talking about. What was I talking about? Yeah, so our pick'em, we have a prize $50. We're getting, look, whether it's a gift certificate or a gift card, you're getting 50 bucks at ProWrestlingTees.com if you win the pick'em. Now, what do you do to, to, to what? You join the Mr. Warren Hayes Show Discord. The link is in the description. And just read up on the rules. The link is there. You can read up on how, how to join and everything. It's cool. It's absolutely cool. So please, please, please. And, and Nightbot, just as if he was on cue, for those of you who are in the chat right now, he put up the link for the Discord right there. Just come on in, join. Join the community. Fun, fun discussions. It's a good place. Good people. I enjoy. I, I enjoy people. I enjoy good people. So Mr. Warren Hayes' show, 
Discord community. That's there. That's where the people hang out. Especially if you like to come to the live chats on Thursday nights. There's a lot of people who hang out in the live chat or are there in the Discord. So it's just a continuation. We just keep talking. It's cool and stuff. It's fun. It's fun, fun, fun. Um, yeah. Fun stuff. <laughs> Don't forget, everyone, that uh, after the Mr. Warren Hayes show proper, I do my post stream which is called Warren's Off the Clock, where I talk with members of the uh, Mr. Warren Hayes Show YouTube channel right here. Uh, people have become members to support the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel here, that which is fantastic, by the way, and I appreciate it. We hang around for some time after the, the show here, and we talk about wrestling. We continue talking about wrestling, and tonight, it, it's a bit of an open topic night. There's a lot of stuff going on. I didn't want to zero into something. I want to hear what what you guys want to talk about. So come on in, come join us. First of all, become a member of the channel. Then you can come join us immediately when I'm done here. I jump onto another stream and uh, we talk in the chat. You, if you want to jump into the Discord, I take live Discord calls. It's fantastic. It's a good time to sit around and chat with, chat with everyone. Good, good times. Become a member, show some support. And you can also join, uh, you can also show support by leaving us a super chat. And I will read your super chat live on the air such as jk schwal who left us a super chat thank you very much he says insert insert dancing coughing mean meme video about nxt 6.0 yeah that's pretty much where we're at yeah i see and i'm like i should have queued that up i should have thought about that and i sh that's what i should have done but i didn't done do it because i because i'm because I'm, I'm a moron <laughs> right that's that's the thing Ah, uh, maybe next time, maybe next time. Uh, all right, so let's set this up. Let's get going then. Let's get this going. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm going, uh, how does this work again? Uh, as if I've never done this before. All right, here we go. It's time for the weekly wrestling inspection. Let's get this going. <laughs> Ah, yes, the weekly wrestling inspection. We're going to kick off stuff this week. We're going to start talking about the week in wrestling, and there's a lot of stuff. By the way, I want to say hello to Mark Forbes. Good to see you, Mark. Uh, and uh, I also saw Flowman, right? Flowman is here as well. Good to see you both. Welcome to the chat. Um, So um, as I started last week, and I, I'm going to keep doing this. I kind of like it. If you join us live, I run a little poll in the chat uh, uh, just as we're as we're getting ready and as I'm talking and as I'm preparing, I run a little poll in the chat asking the live viewers which topic would you like me to talk about first on the show tonight? And by a fairly slim margin tonight, we're going to start talking about AEW Dynamite and the Grand Slam shows coming next week. Let's get to it. Let's let, let's get going. Um, I thought uh, I, look. I like, uh, you guys know by now, I think that, you know, the, uh, the um, AEW Dynamite is probably my favorite wrestling show on a weekly basis. I think this is, this is part of, um, I think this is part and parcel of things that I, that I like the most about pro wrestling. It just connects with me on that very basic level. So, you know, week after week, I'm like, 
geez, the, this show is hot. This show, you know, it, 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 it just hits me in all the right places. And clearly I'm not alone because they're doing crazy. Uh, they're doing really, really well. I was going to say crazy good, but you know, here I was earlier talking about how I misuse lingo. You know, I don't want to, you know, anyway, <laughs> don't want to, I don't want to go too deep into that. Um, but uh, here they are, you know, again, this week, uh, doing another great rating. Uh, people are tuning in. They're enjoying it. It comes across as a hot product. It is a hot product. So of course people are going to tune in. And last night, uh, you know, wasn't, you know, there wasn't a, a, a single match on this where you're like, you absolutely have to tune in and watch this match. Like there's no recommendations here. There's no matches in my opinion, where it's like, you absolutely have to tune in and watch this match. But it was a good overall wrestling show, and I liked it. Adam Cole made his Dynamite debut against Frankie Kazarian. I thought that was a very solid opener. Uh, and you know what? Look, I mean, you know, here's the thing. Like he's going after, you know, the, the, um, the elite hunter, right? Straight off the bat. I mean, and if you, if you go back over the past couple of weeks since Adam Cole showed up, uh, at All Out, Kazarian has sort of been angling for him too. So, you know, it, just simple little details, but it all made sense. Uh, good, solid opening match between the two. Um, you know, it, it kind of makes you wonder. I, I really have to wonder how... I really have to wonder sometimes how much Adam Cole showing up on in AEW is I don't want to say overshadowed but is uh you know how how secondary it feels maybe to Daniel Bryan and CM Punk right who are and I'm sorry I called him Daniel Bryan again Brian Danielson. I'll get there, folks. You're just going to have to... You're going to have to give me something. You know what? You're going to have to give time to most wrestling podcasters and commentators to get used to it. We've been saying Daniel Bryan for the better part of 15 years. Anywho. Yeah, I, I think the word... The, the, the term, the expression I'm looking for is that, you know, I feel like a lot of people feel that Adam Cole showing up on Dark is like a secondary thing to huge stars like Danielson and, and Punk, which to a degree is understandable. But here's the thing. I, I, I feel, I can't help but feel that Adam Cole has probably the more long-term upside, right? And here's a guy who can, like, like, he's not even a guy who's like, oh, I'm here to work with the younger guys, you know, like maybe CM Punk wants to do, or he's not like Daniel Bryan where he's like, like, finally I can wrestle, you know, or, you know, I, yeah, because Daniel Bryan is, you know, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And, and you know, we all know he was being held back in WWE. He wasn't being allowed to wrestle the style that he's capable of doing. And now he's, well, I'll talk about Daniel Bryan in a bit, but now in AEW, uh, he's, he's ready, you know, he's ready to go. And we're expecting him to go kind of thing. We're expecting to see the flashes of greatness that we know he's capable of. Um, Adam Cole is still a guy who main evented uh, takeovers for NXT, right? He's a guy who 
who was, you know, had flashes of brilliance on main roster that uh, people just love. And he's a guy who's been a world champion everywhere he's been. And he's he's still in his prime. He's ready. He wants to go. This is a guy that AEW can easily build nice and slowly. Keep him in his back in their back pocket so that at some point it's just like they can pull the trigger. And next thing you know, you've got the uh, the coveted Adam Cole world title run. Uh, you know, the, he's um, yes, he's a, w, a former WWE guy. If you even want to consider that. Because even when he was in WWE, people were like, oh, he's a former Ring of Honor guy. He's a former PWG guy. You know, it's like, he's a guy who just wrestles in promotions, ultimately. So now he's up in AEW and he wants, you know, he wants to leave a mark there. I think that in a couple of years, we're going to look, you know, we might, we, we might, uh, I, look, I think that in a couple of years, Adam Cole is going to be a big deal for mm-hmm. AEW. Not that Adam, not that CM Punk and, uh, Brian Danielson are not going to be big deals. They already are big deals. Maybe Adam Cole has a little more longevity. I guess my point is, is maybe I could be wrong. We can revisit this take in a couple of years. But this, oh, look, this was a very good match. Don't get me wrong. This was good stuff. Uh, then we had a. Uh, I'm going to s- skip over some some uh, tape promos and stuff. Not all of it, but yeah. Look, but uh, you know. MJF comes out to cut a promo. He buries New Jersey. But then again, isn't that isn't that low-hanging fruit? You know what I'm saying? Right, chat, am I right or am I right? Is it's burying New Jersey low-hanging fruit? Like I know everyone was like, oh, he did the line about, you know, the Jersey Shore skanks. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I just, I, it, it was funny, but I'm like, sure, but it's Jersey, right? <laughs> so it's not not that big a deal. Um, so look, uh, they naturally the 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 audience. Well, so basically, I'm trying to say too many things at once. Here we go. The um, MJF, you know, is continuing to build this this feud with Brian Pillman, right? And um, so, you know, the idea what they're doing here, right, is that uh, MJF is the privileged, upper crust individual, you know, who poo-poos on anyone who's under his station, you know. It's, he's basically calling everything. I don't know if you've noticed, but, you know, he's basically saying that everything about Brian Pillman Jr. is white trash, you know. And <laughs> he's not exactly wrong, you know. I say that lovingly. Uh, because, uh, because Aunt Linda is an angel. That's all there is to it. She is, she is the angel. She is a literal angel. I'm convinced she is a literal angel. I'm sure she, she, you know, she just, she takes her halo off when it's time to go out in public. She just wanders around and says hello to everyone. You know, she's one of these people that when you meet on the street, you know, you sort of walk, you you have your, you have your groceries, you're walking you know, you're you're walking on the sidewalk, and you sort of just look off a little bit. Your eyes make temporary contact, and you and you see Aunt Linda. You know, and Aunt Linda is one of these people that goes, "Hello," and and then you're like, you're you're surprised because you're like, no one ever in you know walking down the street ever says hello to anyone, and, and so you go, "Oh, hello," and you're like, "Wow," and then you you know you feel really good. You're like, 
Just a random stranger saying hello, no strings attached. How cool is that? People are still nice. People are still friendly. You know, that's what she does. And then she, you know, after she's gone around the block and just saying hello to perfect strangers, she gets back indoors and she puts her halo back on and uh, she continues, uh, you know, um, you know, making porcelain babies, little tiny miniature porcelain babies that she can give to elderly people who really, really like little porcelain babies. So, yes, I think angels create little porcelain babies. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so that's the whole gist of the feud here, right? <clears throat> it's the idea. And, 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 and Pillman really hammers home the fact that, you know, he had to claw and scratch his way from uh, his way up. You know, that he had a very, well, we all know how difficult his family life has been. We, we've all watched the the Dark Side of the Ring documentary at this point, I'm pretty sure. If you haven't, you should, because then you have no idea who Aunt Linda is, and Aunt Linda is the greatest baby face of all time. Um, but, uh, unironically, by the way, I'm not even trying to be silly about this. Uh, so, so here's the thing. This is what they're doing, you know, and to, to, to get the audience behind Pillman, right? And, this was a good segment. It was a good promo and the crowd was into it. The crowd was into everything last night. It's so wild. But here's the thing. Here's here's the one thing. I... The, the one thing that I want to... That I kind of want to point out, but I mean, look. I feel like this feud is underscoring... Hang on. I'm going to try... Let me try to approach this another way. No, I'm going to go, I'm not going to do this. I think this feud is underscoring just how average uh, Brian Pillman is. Now, I, I always, I always feel like I have to, I, I feel, whenever I talk about Brian Pillman, I feel like I have to give a little, take a little here. So, and hello, Brickbat, by the way. Hi, nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. The, um, here's what I feel about Brian Pillman. He is a competent pro wrestler. He's he's fine at what he does. I don't think he's anything special, though. I don't think he's a bad wrestler. And by God, don't anyone go out and say and create false impressions about me. I didn't want to. Look, he is a far cry from being a, pro, a bad pro wrestler. But I I don't think he's... I don't think he's as good as the spots he's being put in or the opportunities he's getting. God bless him that he has the Pillman name and that people remember Brian uh, Sr. so fondly and have such good memories of him and want to do good by his family and probably want to do good by his kid. I'm completely, completely, I completely get it. And it's, it's pro wrestling. How many wrestlers do we know that, uh, that got into the business and got shots just because of who, uh, whose kid they were, right? And that's just the nature of the business and it will always be that way. And I, I, I'm not lamenting that. 
But Pillman, when he does his promo, Pillman is the most 1995 WCW promo I have heard in a long, long time. And in a way, it makes him endearing. You know, it's not, I'm not saying that in a, in you know, in, in a trash way. It's like, yeah, he's terrible. No, there's something endearing about it. Something about how he delivers his lines. It's just so, you know, he lacks the 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 the, the 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 connection with the audience like he's not a natural he is he's not like his dad on that level where flying brian could was just he you know he just was a ball of charisma fantastic promos all around <coughs> excuse me so it's he's okay you know i just think it's like even as a worker like he's still fine and watching him wrestle more and more with Griff Garrison you know what I'm getting real vibes of I'm getting Edge and Christian vibes not in the charisma department because I think they're both Edge and Christian are head over heels uh charismatic um way over Griff and 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 Pillman Jr. (coughs) excuse me again but I, I I get that vibe as far as their work goes. You know, they, they're both, f- f- you know, good professional wrestlers. But I feel like Pillman is the edge of the two. Whereas Pillman feels like he's a bigger star. You know, he's coming across more like the guy who's ready to break away. Like the guy who who's destined for the singles career. The guy who can live on his own. Whereas Christian is Christian was the workhorse of the two. And I, and and Griff at this stage is a better wrestler over. He's a better worker than than Pillman is. That's what I'm getting right now as far as vibes go. And look, he's still, you know, there's still time to evolve and develop and change, right? You know, when we, again, this is another take I, I would gladly revisit in five to 10 years, you know, we're, uh, you know, considering I'm not dead. <laughs> Why would I be? Like to revisit this and see, see how wrong I was. It's, it, Pillman is, Pillman is very, very average. And my whole point right here is that I feel like like MJF is literally carrying this feud and is making a baby face, a big baby face out of Pillman. And I think it's Ooh, it's yeah. been it's very transparent right now. You know, if uh, unless you're extremely, extremely new to pro wrestling, which is great, by the way, if you're new to pro wrestling, you've come into probably the best era to get into pro wrestling within the past two decades. Welcome, we're glad to have you. Um, uh, but un- like, unless you're new, like some of you maybe are, um, I I think it's pretty clear. I think you can see that MJF really is carrying all of this on his back to make this feud work, to put Pillman over and, you know, eventually probably have Pillman lose to MJF. <laughs> I mean, eh, like I get it. 
I, I, I get why he's there. That's fine. And if he was, if he was an egregiously bad wrestler, if he was a David Flair, I probably wouldn't be seeing here so sitting here so level and at least trying to balance out very well my thoughts. You know, I'd probably just be sitting here and saying Brian Pillman Jr. stinks, but he doesn't. But then again, I think he's. I I think he's not as great as the opportunities that he's getting. How about that? Swiss Roll Chris is in the chat. Good to see you, as well as Heather Goetz. Goetz? Goetz? Heather, uh, tell me how to pronounce your last name. I, I'm terrible with last names. Kelly, Kelly Tonjus. Tonjus. Goetz <laughs> to this. And we also have... Vape, vape, I, why do I always do that? Vape Ross Vape, who's in the chat and left us a super chat. Thank you very much, VRV. He says, Pillman Sr. was very boring his first five years. Oh, uh, sure, absolutely. I mean, okay, hang on a second. I'm, wait, I want to dial this back a little bit. First five years, that would be... <coughs> Well, before, hang on a second. I'm trying. I'm having trouble placing placing my mind. Hang on. Let, let me pull up. Let me pull up a, a a little something here. Brian Pillman. Because because there, I know there's a period where he was. Okay, we're really talking about yeah. Are we? We're talking about the Stampede years, right? Before he head to Japan. I okay. I'll that okay. I'll get on board with that. But you know, it's not as if Stu created you know a stable of old ultra charismatic uh, wrestlers out of old Calgary. There, um, uh, you know what I you know what I mean. Um, and and Ross says in the chat, he just to 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 to, to clarify his idea. Uh, he says that would be WCW uh, the the early years. Well, again, l- the thing that that made him stand apart was because he wasn't the the loose cannon at that point, but he was creating a style. He was creating a style that or bringing a style that wasn't seen, you know, in that that wasn't not that it wasn't seen, but wasn't um, prevalent. In New, in, in New Japan, in WCW at the time, or in North America at the time, you know, very high-flying, athletic, you know, he was going to Japan in the meantime, uh, at least his in-ring was exciting, and that's what they focused on, right, it was flying Brian Pillman, unless there's stuff that I'm missing, but I do remember older stuff from um, Stampede, where I was like, ugh, ugh, all right, I can get it, I, I, I can understand, but yeah, look, I mean, Brian Jr. has, more, you know, he he still has time to evolve and mature, right? I'm just like, it's just the the spots that he's in right now. Anyway, look, I think I've already, I I feel like I've talked quite a bit on it, but uh, like I said, gladly, proudly, actually looking forward to revisiting this in a, in a few years. Looking forward to it. I know Cal just call you Heather. Um, we got a great match uh, with FTR versus uh, Dante Martin and Matt Seidel that ruled that FTR is on a rampage again. 
and you gotta love it. I guess, uh, I guess, um, um, Dax's, not Dax, Cash Wheeler's injury wasn't so bad. So good. You know, and I was watching this match and I was like, look at how excited the audience was. And, you know, I had, you know, people popping up everywhere going, oh, this match is great. This match rules. And it was a good match. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, the, we've seen better tag team matches in AEW than this. But people were a lot, were still super excited and were hot for it. And the thought that dawned on me as I was watching this was like, look at how hot the AEW mid card is. When you can, uh, when you can take, um, when you can take Dante Martin and Matt Seidel, Seidel losing streak, right? He, like he's, he doesn't have a great win loss record. Dante Martin is a dark guy, effectively, and have those guys wrestle FTR, and everyone is like, "Holy shit, let's let's do it, LFG, let's make it happen." And you see this throughout, week after week, how excited people are for the mid-card on AEW. And that's that's fantastic. That means you're, you're heating up your guys and gals properly so that when it's time for them to get to the big matches, the title, the title challenges, and so on and so forth, they're already credible. People are already behind them. I think it's great. I really do think it's great. DGMC left us a super chat. Thank you very much. I don't think Ooh, it popped yeah. up. There we go. <laughs> but he left us a super chat. Thank you very much. He says, Brian Jr. should wrestle Lulu Pencil like his dad. <sighs> now, hang on a second here. <laughs> now, hang on a second here. Lulu Pencil... Did not wrestle Brian G, uh, Brian Senior. So my thing here is that I don't understand the reference, and DGMC is very good at these obscure references, but I don't understand. Okay. <laughs> hmm. She did not look. See, th there's this is some kind of obscure reference that I don't understand. DGMC is pretty good at those. But thank you very much for the super chat. Um, want to say hello to the Dark Ops. Welcome to the chat. Malachi Black cut a promo as well in the ring. Goes down to the ring and, for, and you know, Synergy. Rosario Dawson is there. She's co-host of the Go Big Show in case they, there were a lot of people who were wondering, what the hell is she doing there? Oh, you're talking, oh my God, the, the pencil wrestling. Okay, I'm sorry, just circling back, just circling back to the Lulu pencil thing. And he did wrestle a pencil in ECW. Yes, okay. See, I knew, I knew there was something that I, that didn't connect. Thank you, DGMC. And it wasn't Lulu pencil. I don't know. <laughs> um... But Malachi Black is he he's there. Rosario Dawson is 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 um is ringside. She's in American Nightmare gear. She, she's there to support. She's there to support Cody Rhodes. 
She's there to support Cody, her guy, who isn't officially booked on the card. He wasn't booked officially last night, right? So, you know. <laughs> I she, was she, did she have some inside information? Maybe it was a setup. I think it was a setup. Anyway, so the uh, Rosario Dawson, the Jedi, she was there. Uh, and, and Malachi Black sort of takes offense. Anyway, look, she jumps the rail. Security doesn't stop her. And I'm like, what is this? No wonder there was that that geek a few months ago who jumped the rail and was able to to get to the ring to sort of punch uh, Chris Jericho. Security's letting anyone willy nilly just jump the rail and 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 try to get their hands on people. Anyway, so she gets physical with with uh, Malachi Black, and not in that sense, yeah, weirdos. Then Cody Rhodes is in the arena and he comes down through the people because he's a man of the people. A man of the people wears a, a, a tailored red suit and he comes down and they he and Malachi brawl to set up their match next week. Uh, so that's pretty cool. We have a Dan, we have a, a Dan, Dan Lambert who's in the ring with American Top Team as well. He cuts another one of his Jim Cornette promos uh, and... Uh, he actually Paige Van Zandt is there, which was a big deal. Not gonna lie, I think that was, you know, that was pretty cool. Um, and um, Chris Jericho eventually comes out with uh, Jake Hager. Uh, and uh, th this was a really good segment. I think the the back and f the heat was there. The back and forth was there. I thought it was a much better, much more purposeful segment than the Dan Lambert segment from last week. I liked it, and you know what? Here's the, the. I think this is a very good program for Chris Jericho, and and it it didn't really dawn on me until I saw it. Until I saw him, you know, jaw jacking with Lambert. I'm like, this makes a lot of sense. This this really makes a lot of sense. So you know, I I think, I think this is good. I think it's good stuff. We had Jade Cargill defeating Layla Hirsch. Um, not a terrible match. I think this is Jade's best match in AEW so far. Dial it back, everyone. I'm not saying that she is that this is the greatest match I've ever seen. I'm saying this is Jade's best match so far, I believe. And but the thing here is that at the same time, it confirms to me just how green uh, Jade still is. Now, I do not do not confuse looks, presence, charisma with actual in-ring capabilities. Jade is still not there 100% to be a primetime mover and shaker. She, the matches that she had with Red Velvet were very good because Velvet knew what she had to do. Velvet is, Velvet, Red Velvet is extremely adaptable to anyone she's wrestling. And I think that's, I think that she has that naturally. She's able to bring the best out of everyone, and that was very that was very good. Uh, those were those were fun matches that made Cargill look like a million bucks. That made her look like she can go. I and I think I don't remember who I was chatting with, but I had I had talked about it how I felt that this match ultimately was a was a test for Layla Hirsch to see if Layla, who is still very young in the game herself is able to 
hang with someone who doesn't quite have all that experience, is not super seasoned, and is able to and is able to carry her. Not carry's not the wrong word, but like work through their weaknesses and highlight their strengths, right? Which is what a, usually a you know a good baby face can do to a for a heel and vice versa. But the thing here, the thing here with um, is that you know Layla isn't quite there yet either. So you had two women who were you know maybe not 100% TV ready going after each other and like I said the match was okay I didn't have a problem with it but it didn't hit any heights and it wasn't there weren't any major revelations to me in this match I was like oh well okay all right both of them still need to be with um still need to be with a uh, talent which is a little more seasoned and that's that's fine that's absolutely okay and i'd be remiss or uh i'd be going against my own principles if i didn't tell you that you know i don't necessarily have a problem with having women who are less experienced being on tv getting the shine getting the 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 spotlight like that being put in these high pressure situations because it, that's ultimately how you learn. That's why you have stuff like Dark and that's why you have shows like Dynamite where it's like, okay, well, this is the big show. It, you know, it's the, it's the mothership. You've got your, you've got your quarter hour here. Go out, tear the, you know, tear the house down, do what you got to do. Uh, have your match. They were fine. But, you know, neither of them are really, neither of them are, are super, super duper ready. You know what I mean? I think Layla has more polish than, than, uh, than Jade. I've seen Layla do, I've seen Layla have really great matches. Well, great matches, really good matches, put it that way. But Jade looks good. She's a re, you know, she's a counter wrestler. She, you know. She, uh, power moves look great and she looks like a don't get me wrong I understand I get it she looks like a star she's fantastic she's gonna be big she still has work and that's fine why not toss why not why not get behind a prospect like that I'm absolutely okay with it but you know it's kind of a Pillman type of situation where I'm like is she ready for the position that they're putting her in, I'd say no. That's just me. Then, okay, CM Punk throughout the evening, right, was on commentary. <laughs> we were, he was on commentary the entire evening, and then at some point, Taz comes out to confront CM Punk in the most Taz way possible, right? Taz is, he, he's bitter, uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder, and he comes out and he says, He's, what are you doing here, CM Punk? You're stealing my job, which I thought was fantastic. And CM Punk is like, no, I'm just, I'm just uh, sitting here d d doing commentary. What are you talking about? I'm not here to steal. And then this all devolves. Hook comes out, starts distracting uh, CM Punk. Everyone's losing their shit because Hook is there, of course. And as everyone is losing their shit, Will Hobbs sneaks up 
beats the shit out of CM Punk, even drives him. I, well, it wasn't through the table, but he there's a table spot on commentary, which was pretty cool. And look at what we're having here. We're having CM Punk getting set up in a match with Will Hobbs. And if this isn't fantastic for Will Hobbs, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. If you if you can't see the value of a young guy like Will Hobbs getting into the ring with, you know, returning resurrected saint hero of pro wrestling CM Punk, especially still on the cusp of his return, very very soon on his return, I think it's great. They didn't flip around and say, okay, uh, CM Punk versus Chris Jericho is next. Look, Punk said he wanted to work with the younger guys. That's what he's, he wants to work with, with dudes that are hungry, that want to, you know, that have something to prove. It's fantastic stuff. If I'm Will Hobbs, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm, I have trouble sleeping at night. I think this is great. This is a big, big, it's a big deal for Hobbs. And look at, there you go. Investing in your, in their future again. Is Hobbs going to defeat CM Punk? Probably not, but we know from nearly three years of booking in this company that losing matches doesn't mean that you disappear for into catering for six months, then only to come back and be like, okay, well, let's put you back into this spot here. We know that's not how it works. It's not because you lose matches that you suddenly become uh, terrible or that you're, you're, you're tossed, cast aside. It's good. It's good. Got a nice little match with Darby Allen and Sean Spears, which is fantastic. Good stuff. This, you know, Darby Allen always has to do one of those suicide dives where you know you actually think he's out to kill himself, but that was fine. It was good. Ended with uh, Tully and FTR suckering Sting into taking taking a, a a spike pile driver, and the man's bumping. He doesn't have to. He shouldn't need to, but he's doing it. And I really thought when they wiped off the the crow makeup off of him, I'm like, do you want to bet that next time we see Sting, he's going to be in surfer, surfer outfit? Do you think that? I don't think so. Not as long as he's with Darby, right? That'd be too much of a clash. Then we got the segment, the Daniel Bryan, Kenny Omega segment. And look, there's been there's been a lot of talk on it already. You know, I, I don't necessarily have to break it down. I I the two things that I like here that, that Brian Daniels. I know I called him Daniel Bryan. Here I come again. Brian Danielson is showing aggression. He's showing ferocity. He you know he he's biting into the he's biting into the into this next chapter and he's like you know what i'm not here to smile and put the uh, smile and put smiles on people's faces i'm here to kick some heads in that's what i want to do here and he straight up tells kenny omega you know i thought you know you lost your balls if you don't want to face me kind of thing and they're doing the promo and they're saying you know and they're doing the promo and don Callis is saying you know hey you just arrived here 
weirdo. You're not going to who you're not going to get a, a shot at the title. And Daniel Bryan says, we'll talk about the title later as it stands right now. I want to face the best. And Kenny Omega right now is the best. This is the fight I want. I just want to fight you right now. I don't care about the titles. I want to wrestle the guy who's allegedly the best in the world. And you'll notice in this segment how Kenny Omega <clears throat> had started off being his, you know, this goofy heel personality. But at some point, he started really not liking this. You could tell he was starting to get irritated. And there was no goofiness. Then he can't, you know, it was down to business. Wasn't letting Don Callis make any decisions for him. It was like Don Callis was saying, no, don't do it. it, was it. And he was like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fight him. And the thing here, here is the thing. And this is what I, I'm having trouble. I'm still having trouble realizing that this is going to be a thing and that we're going to see it in a week. But Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega is happening. It's happening. This is a match that people have been wanting for years. It's happened before years ago, mid 2000s. But at this stage, superstardom, both wrestlers, you know, so, the best of, at what they do. And they're, th this is where we're at right now. This is what they're doing. This is what we're getting. And it's happening. This is something that people would create in the WWE 2K games. They create a Kenny Omega clone or in, 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 in uh, Fire Wrestling Pro. So that Daniel Bryan and then Kenny Omega can have matches. Because they were like, it's never going to happen. And it's happening. And don't believe any of the weirdos. Because they are weirdos. Who are finding fault in having this match be on television. Now th these are just people who are just trying to poo-poo on your parade in the only way they have left. That is to say, well, they, they're not saving it for a pay-per-view. How, how droll. This is, they, they're tank, AEW's tanking their business. These are people who clearly still exist in 1995 and don't understand that, th that the television business has evolved dramatically since then. Oh, they're just doing it to pop a rating. Yes! Yes, they are. Do you know why? Because AEW wants to make money off of TV licensing deals because that's how you make money in television these days. So if you can prove your value to a network, they will pay you to put your content on television. That's how it works these days. And the pay-per-views, yes, you want good pay-per-view buys because it's good. It's extra income. But the TV is where it's at. So of course, it's just a pop a rating. Of course. Right now, EW has a hot show. It's beating Raw two weeks in a row in the demo. It's 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 ratings are have been over a million for uh, what three four weeks now five weeks I don't know something like that. It's a hot show. Why would you not continue to promote it as a hot show? Don't let any weirdo tell you that this is a bad decision. Because as a fan, you should not see this as a bad decision. As a fan, you should be like, I'm getting this match, this legitimate, legitimate dream match. Not, 
uh, uh, Goldberg versus The Undertaker dream match. No, no, no. We're talking about we're talking about 2021 legitimate dream match. Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega on free television on a Wednesday night. Just, just the, you, all you have to do is plop your ass in front of your TV from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern and watch. That's all you have to do. That's it. You're getting that on TV. Now, why would you not be excited about it? The only thing that is keeping you from enjoying that is tribalism. And I and I can't get behind that. I, I, I can't support or understand anyone who's, who, who, who looks at this and is like, a And then you start talking business. They should have saved this for the pay-per-view. What the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? There's nothing to save. Plus, on top of this, the match, the match is non-title. It's for bragging rights. It's like it's literally the match. The dream match, it's just for the fans. And why would they not be putting on a huge match in the biggest stadium that AEW has run so far? They're going to have their biggest gate since they started. Why wouldn't they put this match on there? I mean, God bless them, but, you know, no one would really get this excited at Arthur Ashe if the main event was... Yeah, Eddie Kingston versus Miro. God bless him. It would be a great match, but that's not like exactly something that you put in, in your top stadium match, right? There's some weirdos out there. I'm telling you. Get excited. It's an order. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston defeated 2.0 in the main event. And look, they 2.0 came out with their son, Daniel Garcia. There was a it was a fun little beatdown from Mox and Kingston. Cool stuff. 2.0. They're not overshooting their position. They, they know what they have to do. They know what they're for right now. It's fantastic. I love it. They lose. And then <laughs> and then the music hits. The king of pro wrestling, Minoru Suzuki, comes out again and gets the full Kaze Ninare thing. No Suzuki incident here. Now give me a second here because we got to talk about the Suzuki incident. This happened, like I talked about it last week because it happened on Last Dynamite, right? And I was like, ah, you know, the, the music cut and whatever. And I'm like... But it, it became such a huge deal on the internet. And I'm like, sometimes, sometimes I wonder, you know, where fan, you know, it, I, I, like, okay, don't, I'm trying to say too many things at once. Here we go. I understand the appeal and the, um, the necessity of chanting Kaze Ninare at the top of your lungs. I get it. It's a thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. 
I can understand that some people were offended and especially those who were in attendance they were like they didn't get to do it and I get that because it's part of the experience as a fan right but the I was surprised to see just how mad some people were. And I could understand that some people were miffed, but mad to this point where it became a thing that AEW was like, well, we're, we're going to address this on air. I thought it was hilarious, like how, like how huge it had become. But it became such a big thing that they, in, they being AEW, they incorporated this into, into the booking. And if you don't think that's fantastic, I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. This was great. It was a great, great move to be like to take a, a grievance from hardcore fans because this is hardcore fans we're talking about. A grievance from hardcore fans. You turn it around. You put it on your booking. Your you, you, you put it on your booking show. And. Uh, your booking show you put it on your show you book it on your show is it, we're going to do this again we're going to address it and then you have Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki cutting promos on social media saying the disrespect Suzuki Goon di diving into their their collective history it's saying John Moxley uh, 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 Eddie Kingston you guys disrespected the king this cannot stand I'm like Jesus this is great they're just giving us an excuse to have a tag team match then between Moxon and Kingston versus uh, uh, Lance Archer and uh, uh, and Minoru Suzuki. And who who's not excited about that? And again, you're going to have the weirdos who are going to say, AEW is just doing this to pander to their fans. But I'm like, but how long have we been sitting around dealing with a company that does not listen to their fans and who misses the very essence of what pro wrestling is where it's the reactions are what should determine your your booking patterns and who you push and who you don't push and what angles are hot what stories are good who's who should be on tv and who should not who should be on the shows who's not so you have a company literally saying hey you know what we hear this you know, you're mad about the, but instead of just being, oh, we're sorry, we're apologetic. It's like, now let's make an angle out of it. It is the most pro wrestling thing out there that's happened. It's happened. Promoter listens to what happens to the audience. Promoter adjusts his shows, his bookings to reflect that. If you're like, oh well, they should have never addressed it. They should have. You've been watching. You've been watching one kind of wrestling for way too long. I'm telling you, this is the kind of thing that that really does give me faith in AEW because these are pro wrestling moves that they're doing. Classic that can't lose. This match instantly has heat. It's got a. The build is already built in. It's fantastic. I love this Suzuki incident. I thought it was, it went from being silly to being fantastic. Good job, AEW, on this. By the way, Minoru Suzuki, his, his tour of destruction of the independent circuit begins tomorrow. GCW highest in the room, he's fighting Jonathan Gresham. 
That's starting tomorrow, folks. On top of the stuff that he's still doing with AEW. He's fighting on Homicide on GCW Get Lost a lot on September 24th. Fred Ross are at the New Japan Autumn Attack show on uh, September 25th. Uh, he's teaming with Lance Archer again versus Team Filthy at the Autumn Attack show on September 26th. He's at WrestleMax St. Louis versus Calvin Tankman on October 1st. I can't wait to see... I, Tankman's a huge guy. This is going to rule. A Anthony Henry at Hail to the King on October 2nd. Daniel Garcia gets his turn at the King. West Coast Pro No Leaf Clover show. October 8th. He's fighting Joey Janela. GCW The Aftermath on October 10. Chris Dickinson at the New Japan Showdown in Philly on October 16th. He's supposed to appear in Philly on the 17th as well. Dominic Garini at Time Bomb Pro on October 21st. And apparently there's still another, there's still another GCW show. Rest in peace, the U.S. Indies. A trail of broken bones and shattered dreams. Next week, we are getting the AEW Dynamite Ram, uh, Grand Slam and Rampage Grand Slam shows. That are all going to be, look, Dynamite going to be live from the Arthur Ashe Stadium. And then they're taping, um, and then they're taping Rampage from Arthur Ashe. And we're going to get that on Friday. I'm telling you, this card, these two cards, as it stands right now, nuts. It's like a pay-per-view week that we're getting. It's ridiculous how good this is going to be. AEW, here, check this out. Here's, let, let, let's start this off. Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. I've talked about it. There's, you need to be excited about this. You need to. All right. <laughs> uh, Britt Baker DMD versus Ruby Soho for the AEW Women's World Championship. I'm going to tell you, I'm hoping that there's a proper build on Rampage on Friday because um, I think this, this, is, this was woefully neglected last night. My main criticism for Dynamite last night was to have not uh, pushed harder on the Ruby Soho gas. Give her another match. Have her fight Layla Hirsch. Like the, the Jade, I get what, yeah, again, I get Jade and so on and so forth, but you're building a contender for Brit. And this is happening next week. All right. They better have something on Rampage to, to add some fuel, a little more gas here because we're getting Cody Rhodes, uh, Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. Um, you know, I know there's already some people who are clutching their pearls and they're ready to go. Eh, Cody's won his return match again. Per usual, has done the same thing with Brody. That's a I don't give a shit if Cody wins this match because he let himself get destroyed by Malachi Black. And Malachi Black took out Arn Anderson, Brock Anderson, Lee Johnson, and Cody's brother. Even if Malachi Black loses to Cody in this match, it doesn't matter because Malachi Black is a made man in AEW moving forward. Personally, I'd be like... Go the distance. Uh, beat Cody again. Cody will probably get his his win over. That's And I'm okay with that. Again, because this company has shown us 
that they can do long-term storytelling and that will probably revisit this the, the down the line these the, this series of matches and have ourselves a rubber match, a good old-fashioned proper rubber match, just like Cody did with uh, Darby Allen. So I'm not worried. What a good, good move from Aleister Black to have hit the bricks from WWE. Look at this. He's he's going to be in a headline match in AEW's biggest show so far. Biggest dynamite, I should say. My God. CM Punk is going to have a live interview. Sure. Cool beans. MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. If I'm booking this, MJF goes over. I think I, I think he has to. And we're getting FTR versus Darby Allen and Sting. That's going to be a crowd pleaser. I hope they start with that match. That's going to that's going to rule. Sting is Sting is way Sting is way too into wrestling for a 60 plus year old guy. It's good stuff. And then for the Rampage card, we're going to have Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. Which was set up by Adam Cole on Dynamite yesterday. Adam Cole saying, I have a problem with Christian Cage and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Since I've been here, they've been in my face and I'm sick of these guys already. So we're getting we're getting the uh the elite versus these guys here. Then CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Great stuff. We're getting the men of the year versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. So uh the um so uh Dan Lambert's new guys. Fantastic. And then we're wrapping everything up with, or at least we don't know exactly, or unless it's been announced, as I was preparing my notes and I didn't I didn't see it fly by or it's happened while I've been doing the show here, but we still have Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus Suzuki-Goon, Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki. We don't know what show it's happening on, but we do know it's happening. It is happening at Arthur Ashe. We just don't know what show it's on. This is this is great, great stuff. Get hype. And, you know, as I said in the chat, you know, good luck to Extreme Rules that weekend. Let's say you've got Extreme Rules for WWE that's happening on Sunday. But there's going to be a couple of days that, that, that this is going to be the narrative. And I was wondering, look, bold move from uh, AEW to put... Two hours of Rampage, because Rampage is going to be two hours on Friday, ne not this Friday, Friday next week, the Grand Slam Rampage is going to be two hours. So at first I was like, is SmackDown being preempted? And AEW's like, yeah, let's let's start at nine instead of, but no, they're starting at 10. I would have thought, I would have thought, look, either way it would have been, a, it's, a, it's a bold move. If they had started at nine, to sort of challenge the second hour of SmackDown on its pay-per-view go-home show, that would have been that would have been a real good uh, shots fired kind of situation. I kind of it's the kind of shit that I love. I love that kind of stuff. I really do. So I would have been okay with that. Um, but they're gonna go they're gonna go two hours from ten to midnight, you know. And I already see people go oh, the ratings, you know, when when the ratings are gonna come out, oh, they suck. They Barely managed uh, this amount between 11 and 12. You know, whatever AEW gets between 11 and 12 p.m. Eastern time on a Friday night is going to be better than whatever, whatever TNT has 
on any given Friday night from 10, from 11 to 12 p.m. Eastern time. I guaranteed that whatever the rating is going to be, they are going to be happy with it because it's going to be a net improvement from whatever. It's a bold move, regardless of how you look at it. I'm excited. I love wrestling. Wrestling is cool. Wrestling is exciting these days. Get excited with me, guys and gals and everyone in between. Justin Firestein, good to see you. Welcome to the chat and also Certified Hustler. Welcome to you as well. I'm running low on water. Usually I have two drinks and I started and was like, oh shit, I only have the one. Hey, if you're enjoying this so far, why don't you give the video a like here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. That stuff is cool. Become a member. That's an also, you can also show support that way. I'll be talking more wrestling after we're done here. It's going to be a good time. Please join us. Join us. That's someone else's gimmick. I don't want to encroach. Oi, did you hear that NXT has been rebooted? <laughs> NXT 2.0? 2.0, NXT 2.0. I don't know if you heard that NXT is now NXT 2.0. Because there's a 2.0 NXT now. And it's NXT 2.0. Um, let me I'll talk. Let's let's speak on the show. I think there's 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 some interesting talking points here. Um, first and foremost, if it, like if I'm following let's say redesigns revampings of of um of uh of NXT wouldn't we be at 3.0 cuz we had the game show right then we had NXT like proper maybe there's been like you know 2.1 2 2.2 2 2.3 but you know the Fresh coat of paint on everything, change the setup, change the the you know the the studio, so on and so forth. We're 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 at a three. We're at a three here. I think. But if they want to call it 2.0. Regardless, you know what? It is the most 2006 boardroom appellation. Like this is complete no one uses 2.0 for anything anymore. Like I remember when Web 2.0 was a thing back in 1999. And everyone was talking about Web 2.0 right up until it started being uncool to call anything 2.0 web related uh, at the turn of uh, the decade, like 2010. And now uh, WWE, like it just it just goes to show. But anyway, I'm it's a bit of a useless talking point at this. But I do feel like it's you know the boardroom trying to show that it has some kind of connection. And it's like, uh, 2.0, but no, you know, it's like, just, just call it the new NXT or whatever. Hey, Liz isn't streaming. Good to see you. Welcome to the chat. Hope you enjoy your meal. <laughs> um, so I, I think one would argue that NXT, that the, the, the kickoff to NXT 2.0 really happened when Samoa Joe announced that he was relinquishing the NXT title due, so, due to some injuries, to certain injuries. And he was 
that he was dropping the title, vacating it. Um, yeah, I don't know what you think, Chad, about Samoa Joe dropping the title like that, but I'm going to tell you how I feel. If true, uh, this clearly means that Samoa Joe's wrestling days are over. You know, his final runs in his previous runs in on main roster before he became a full time commentator were plagued with injuries. You know, he's had a history of concussions, uh, you know, his his knees. Uh, there's he's always had nagging injuries that always pop back and, you know, uh, put put an end to certain pushes that he was getting. Like, we'll all remember the push that he was involved in with uh, Kevin Owens and um, the Viking Raiders, if I'm not mistaken, versus that, you know, the the Authors of Pain, and who were the others? Were the Authors of Pain, was it Seth Rollins? Yeah, it was Seth Rollins. It was Seth Rollins' church. Seth Rollins, Buddy Murphy, and the Authors of Pain. Remember that group? That that kind of ruled. And so, so that sort of derailed everything there for everyone involved, actually. Um, so the fact that Samoa Joe has to relinquish because of injuries, if, if he's getting injured again, to the point that he's not medically cleared to compete after one match, then it breaks my heart to think that Samoa Joe's in-ring career is effectively done because this is a guy who has a long storied career of fantastic matches but never quite hit the heights that he should have hit in WWE for multiple reasons. Injuries being one of them. But after that, it's just like not understanding why Vince didn't see anything in the guy to ever make him uh, to ever make him a proper champion. Anyway. So it's kind of sad if it's if it's true. Because, you know, there is the possibility that it is a work. And a lot of people were theorizing about it. And it makes sense, you know, that, you know, they're moving into this environment where they have two, uh, where they have two, um, uh, with, with, into this 2.0 environment is what I'm trying to say. Excuse me. Trying to get into that environment. Uh, is it really a refresh of your brand? If you're bringing back an old champion, a guy who used to be in NXT, you're bringing him back and he's your champion. And not only that, a guy who was on main roster and was brought back to NXT. It's kind of strange. And of course, then you have the conspiracy theories, which that I don't really adhere to. You know, the conspiracy theories that Vince fired him. And Triple H rehired him in NXT, but now that Vince is in control of NXT, well, he fired him once and for all. And I'm like, ah, that's that's a little, it's a little rough for me. I, I don't quite get that one. But I think, and I'd like to know what you think, Chad. I'm going to open up a poll here. Is, is Samoa Joe's, hang on, let me try this again. Are Samoa Joe's injuries that made him drop the NXT title a work or not yes it's a work no 
it's not. There you go. We'll just start up a, a, a nice little live poll here. I'll see what you guys think about it. Because there's a case to be made for... There, there's a case to be made for the uh, for the injury uh, for the injury question for the injury angle. It could be. I, I'm not convinced. I'm just I'm just not convinced that it is. But the time and and. and I had people in the discord, you know, we had we had a bit of a discussion around it, you know, where it's like people felt very strongly that this we shouldn't be questioning, you know, whether this person's injuries are legitimate or not. You know, it's in poor taste, so on and so forth. I'm like, well, look, hang on. I want to pull something back. You know, these injuries were announced officially by Samoa Joe, by WWE. So just like any sports organization that has members of its team that get injured they, these things can be discussed right they, they can absolutely be discussed i i don't think there's if it were dirt sheets reporting behind the scenes news oh we have learned that so-and-so has a pectoral injury and you're like well you know that you know i've been around long enough to see wrestlers deny injury claims and a lot of times false injury claims can cause more harm to a wrestler's career than good so you know those i'm like eh. but here was all official so i don't have any problems discussing it and this is also i mean this is a company that has led us to believe multiple times or that, that has lost a lot of bad faith excuse me that has lost a lot of goodwill that's what i want to say uh, over the years for a bunch of decisions in regards to their talent if people are naturally skeptical of wwe it's wwe's old own damn fault really if 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 no one wants to take it really at face value that's just my opinion but uh, i think there's a case for both really and i i, I don't really know I, the one thing that i don't buy is the triple h hire uh, rehired him and then vince fired him again kind of thing that uh, but that led us into NXT 2.0, right? That led us into uh, into the uh, the new show that debuted uh, on Tuesday. I'm gonna tell you, I, I again, if you've listened to my stuff for a little bit, you know, I I like me some studio wrestling. I'm excited to see. Dark, or is it Dark Elevation? Which one of the two is going to be the studio show for AW? I'm excited to, to see that. I love the NWA power setup. I like studio wrestling. I like the studio wrestling setup that uh, that NXT has. I think the arena looks good I, the, with the stands and everything. I feel the audience is really well mic'd. Much better mic'd than, what, than at the CWC. Uh, I, I, I really think it was good. I think it was really, really good stuff. Um... The lighting, so on and so forth. Now, the, the problem that I get, I get, and this is personal, you know. I I like my I I don't like my my wrestling to. I like my wrestling a little grimy, you know. I don't like the super sleek production that WWE has on everything, and that was one of the appeals of NXT, right? Like it, it felt, it felt like the third brand. It felt on you know the 
the budget WWE, and that's fine. It was a little darker, was a little dingier without all out being dingy, you know, not like, you know, not 2005 Ring of Honor kind of thing. But, you know, it's like, I, I, I like, I, you know, I like my audience, you know, darkened. The audience is not the show, it's what's going on in the ring. But I feel like everything is too bright. The, the colors, everything is, it's, it's very, there's a lot of sensory overload that happens. I love, I love the screen. I like the screen that they have set up a lot more than the, the big screen that they have on Raw, which is just like a, you know, a big LED thing. You know, the sort of the curve that looks like a can and I, I, I don't hate it. I, but like the, the, the production, it's too sharp. It's, it, there's something stark about it. And anyone who, anyone from Toronto, <laughs> anyone from Toronto listening, watching right now, I get this, I got the exact same feeling watching NXT to the first time I I went into Honest Ed's in downtown Toronto. Rest in peace, Honest Ed's. But if if you're if you're from Toronto or if you visited Toronto and you've been to Honest Ed's, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's exactly what I felt watching uh watching NXT. Uh but just assaulted my senses a little too much. My But you know what? I feel like commentary wasn't screaming as much. I think Vic Joseph was corny as hell, but they weren't screaming as much, and I can appreciate. Want to say hello to Ray? Welcome to the chat, Ray. Nice to see you, Ray. And the first match we got on the new NXT, the brand new NXT, was LA Knight, who got challenged backstage by Braun Breaker. <laughs> Braun Breaker. Who is whose name is uh, uh, Bronson Reichsteiner, who is Rick Steiner's kid, who was supposed to get the name Rex Steiner, but last minute they changed it back to Braun Breaker, Breaker with two Ks. Why two Ks? I think uh, because you, two times the K, twice the killing power. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so yes the, the big discussion was why didn't they leave uh braun breaker use the steiner last name because he's a steiner and you look at him and he looks like a steiner he wrestles like a steiner and then when he cut his promo later on in the in the in the evening he sounds like a steiner just let the guy be a Steiner. And look at how excited people are at all these second generation wrestlers that are starting to pop up. You know, in, you know, in, 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 in AEW, you know, the, we, Austin Gunn has a stable with his kids. You got Arn Anderson's kid. Taz's kid. Taz never had, you know, a, you know, a working last name, but, you know, Arn, you know, Arn Anderson has his kid there. You got the kids everywhere, right? People are into that stuff. 
makes you f- makes you feel like that you keep that connection with wrestling. You're like, yes, I remember this legend here. I remember the Steiners. Yeah, Rick Steiner, he was cool. This is this kid, cool. I'm excited to see what he's gonna do. And why would you not let the kid get over using that name, dipping into his history? The only reason I can give you here at this point is that they don't want him to they don't want him to get over on the name value. WWE has this thing where they're going they they're going to make you into something. Regard, you know, into what they want. They're going to make you into a star. So whether you're a Steiner or, you know, a Hayes, not like a Michael Hayes, but like a Warren Hayes, you know, a name that means nothing in wrestling. (laughs) They're going to take you, they're going to mold you, and they're going to make you into whatever they want. And they're going to be like, look, you succeeded not because you were a Steiner, but because you were a WWE developmental star. You know, that's kind of the angle here. Convinced that's what it is. And, of course, there was a lot of talk, you know, uh, in wrestling media about that. And, yes, it is. It, it's nonsensical. It doesn't make sense. I don't know why you wouldn't let that fly. Let people get excited about the guy. But, to me, the story here is that the first match on the new NXT is... terribly booked and to me that's the real story here on top of Rex Steiner not being Rex Steiner way above that is that Rex Steiner bumps into LA Knight who is um, one of the four guys who is going to be wrestling not to be the number one contender for the NXT title but to become the next NXT champion he's one of those four guys he bumps into the new kid the, the exchange some words and LA Knight says, well, I'm going to fight you opening uh, to open the match. They fight and the new kid beats the guy who is one of the contenders for the championship in the evening later on. And I'm like, well, this is bad booking. Who, who says this is good? Then, of course, you're looking at you're looking at the, the, the match after that. Like, LA Knight is a schmuck. Why is he even here? He can't defeat one of the new guys, one of the recruits, a rookie. Gets the best of them. Why is he in the... Switch it around. You know, later in the evening, you get Kyle O'Reilly who gets punked out, right? Kyle O'Reilly gets taken out of the match. And then they put... What's his name? Von Wagner. Jesus fucking Christ. Von Wagner. Von is a... Is Von a first name? I have never met anyone called Von. My name is Von Wagner. That's a last name. There's a first name like Keith Von Wagner. James Von Wagner. Just Von Wagner? What the fuck is that? Anyway, that Von Wagner ends up in in the in the what turns out to be a triple threat. And I'm like, why didn't you let the Steiner kid be there? Why didn't William Regal trot his ass out? After the LA Knight thing and be like, well, well, uh, uh, not Rex Steiner. I believe that you belong on the main event and you will have a chance. You will substitute for LA Knight who has proven that he is nothing but a dunce, right? And then that creates a feud with LA Knight, you know, that he's pissed off at, at William Regal, so on and so forth. 
you get you get stuff out of this. But no, like for some reason, Von Wagner ends up in the main event and it doesn't make any sense. The sense that they make out of it is to say, well, Von Wagner saved Kyle O'Reilly from the beatdown. He didn't save Kyle O'Reilly from the beatdown because Kyle O'Reilly was, was unable to compete. So he wasn't saved. That's not what happened. So straight off the bat, NXT 2.0 has me going, this booking stinks. This is main, this is main roster booking and we're going to have another instance of main roster booking as we talk more about the show. But one of the guys who was challenging for the title gets beat in the opening match, a match that there's no reason to have happen by the way. He gets beat by a newcomer that is absolute dog shit moronic booking. Thank you for appreciating my my William Regal impersonation. Thank you. But it's dog shit booking and don't let anyone try to convince you otherwise. It makes no sense. We had Imperium defeating Brooks Jensen, who is Bull Buchanan's kid. Again, look, it's... If anything here, if he wants to call himself Brooks Jensen as opposed to Brooke Buchanan or whatever, you know, Steve Buchanan, I, I, at least I can get that. It's not as if the Buchanans are this long heralded dynasty of wrestlers, you know. Bull Buchanan is memorable for just his name, essentially, and being at the right place at the right time because it wasn't, you know, nothing special. He's not someone that everyone remembers fondly. What... Chat, seriously, what is your fondest Bull Buchanan memory? I'll wait. No, I actually won't wait because I don't want to delay the I don't want to delay the stream. Um But that that's the point here is that you end up with okay, Bruce Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs losing to Imperium. Fine, the, the good little match, whatever. Then you have Hit Rose B Fab defeating Katrina Cortez. For, who is the new addition to uh, Legado del Fantasma? Uh, and she she looks like she looks like Carmen Sandiego, like she she has the big hat and the 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 red trench coat. And I'm like, this is Carmen Sandiego. You know, have her have her defeat her opponents uh, through uh, through uh, 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 you know obscure geographical questions. You know, what is the capital of Kuala Lumpur? You know, what is the mountain range that separates, uh, that, that separates Uzbekistan from Southern Asia? Whatever. <laughs> anyway, Evan Wright, good to see you. Welcome to the chat. And you just said exactly what I was going to say. Uh, I was talking, Sean Walker, nice to see you too. Welcome to the chat. I was talking earlier about Jade Cargill, how green Jade is. Oi! B-Fab is green. She's so green. She looks like, uh, she's like a St. Patrick's Day float. She doesn't look like a St. Patrick's Day float. She is like a St. Patrick's Day float. A green one, which is very green because it's on St. Patrick's Day. You see? <laughs> Um, so, so, 
that's look. Whatever, whatever. I, I don't think that was a good showing. I don't. She she has so much work left that she needs to that she needs to do. Um, yeah. Uh, Jamin's Jamincito Gomez. I think I pronounced that correctly. Jamincito, Jamincito Gomez. Welcome to the chat. Um, yeah, then we had this really weird Carmelo Hayes Trick Williams promo. And, you know, I think they're like, we're going to lean into, you know, the edgy, you know, uh, younger demographic here. And we're going to give them, let them, let them cut promos in a style that will connect with the youths. But it just came across as cringe like they were really trying too hard I like Hit Row because it feels natural whatever Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams were doing it didn't connect with me but then again then again I am absolutely 100% not in the demographic they're trying to reach with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams promo I am a straight white middle-aged man so it's clearly not speaking directly to me I thought it was I thought it was cringe but I really like Hit Row and me liking Hit Row is a point of contention in my in my relationship with the first lady of the Mr. Warren Hayes show uh Kristen Ashley where Kristen she she thinks they're corny as hell I think I think they're refreshing and fun. I like them. I think I think it's refreshing. There's nothing in on on WWE television that resembles what they do. Plus, Isaiah Scott is phenomenal, and I don't know why that guy doesn't wrestle every other week. Um, that's a whole other thing. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought this was whatever. Then we get. Uh, then we get uh, 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 Casey Catanzaro defeating Gigi Dolan. Uh, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter versus Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. And then they were teasing that Mandy Rose had a new had a new presentation and was like, she's a brunette now. That's That was my call. And she hits the ring, takes off her hoodie. She's a brunette now. So she's evil, right? Apron bump, good to see you. Hey, apron bump, good to see you. Welcome to the chat, man. Um, so the um, the the uh, so this is what happens, and then they cut to commercial, and I turn to Kristen and I say, Kristen, you know what's gonna happen if this is main roster? If this is if we are really going into a main roster environment, you know what's gonna happen here? This DQ of a tag team match is gonna turn into a six man tag because Saray came in. To, to beat on Mandy Rose. And guess what? We come back from commercial. We got ourselves a six a six person tag. I said a six man tag. Men a six woman tag. Apologies. But the point remains that it's shit main roster booking. This is exactly, exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. But I like this match. I think it was my match of the night. All of the women worked super hard in this match. No one, no one was slouching. Everyone was pulling their weight. It was a good, fast-paced match. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. 
I really, I, I honestly really liked it. I thought it was good. I mean, it, it, you know, had a shit finish, but it's, you know, that's it. This clean finishes in WWE are rare. There's, they're, they're, they're super rare. I wish there were more of them because there's, there's moments that it would really benefit. Um, then we had Ridge Holland defeating Drake Maverick for some reason. This was booked. Is it because, is it because we, we still feel bad for Drake Maverick who was fired and then was brought back? All that feel good energy, you know, all that good, good baby face heat that he had. You remember that? Is that why? Anyway, Ridge defeated him. Then we got the Creed brothers, Brutus and Julius Creed from the Diamond Mine defeating uh, two dudes. I'm going to tell you, I don't dislike the idea of these two jocks because that's what they are. They, honestly, they really give me Varsity Club era Steiner Brothers vibes. You got these two jocks, just the brothers, couple of goons, who just want to run around and toss people around. I like that. And I, I, I get behind them. Are they, are they great? Yes, they're green. They're, they're fresh out of the PC. Yes, uh, what's his name? I think it's Brutus who dropped a guy on his head or close to, like a bit of a sloppy spot. But the diamond mine right now is the, is the, is the most fun thing on NXT. It was for weeks. Then Tyler Rust, uh, whatever they called him, hit the bricks. They, 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 they tossed his ass out. Now they have these two guys. They have Roddy, who's still one of the best workers in the company. Uh, now they've added, uh, shoot, what's her name? Uh, 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 Ivy Nile. That, the, that one who competed on that one American Ninja. Was it, was it American Ninja? Or American Gladiators or uh, Wipeout. <laughs> it was it was one of those. Um, yeah, yeah, look. I, I I like I like I like the Creed brothers. I want more of them. I want more Diamond Mine. Roderick Strong versus Kushida should be great. Titan Games, thank you. I knew it was one of those things, and it's I. They all sort of mishmash together. Like, look, I'm a, I'm I'm an older guy. I told you this, so I remember like the original American Gladiators, and everything after that is a copy of the original American Gladiators. I don't know what you're doing. But uh, yeah, yeah, that this was cool. Like I like the Creed brothers. And they look, they're building them, they're building them properly, bringing them in, giving them jabrones, tossing them around for like two, three minutes, getting squashes. What more do you want? That's how you build guys. And I keep saying it. So whenever WWE does it, I'm like, yeah, okay, do this some more. Do this more. And and they're not wasting our times with promos from the Creed brothers. 
Although it's still early, but it's, we haven't got a uh, we haven't got anything where they go. Oh yeah, yeah, when we were growing up, we were bullied at school. You know, no bullshit like that. We just go. Good with this. Got the NXT title fatal four way, which I was actually a three way. Where Tommaso Ciampa defeated LA. No, it was a four way. Excuse me. Tell it the defeated LA Knight. Uh, uh, no shocker. Pete Dunne and Von Wagner. I'll tell you one thing. We're we. It's. I think it's okay to goof on the NXT names. I think there are reasons why some people change their names. So if they ever go back on the indies, they can still use their their indie name and keep their cred there. But I think it's another level to goof on. You know the 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 skill. Von Wagner was not ready to be in this spot. Like he was a little out of his depth here. There's a lot of experience in this in this match, and a lot of people who uh, wrestled often each with each other. So he was out of his depth here. Uh, 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 Breaker Steiner, Rex Steiner, uh, he has all the makings of a really good wrestler. I, I I honestly do think WWE has something special on their hands with them. But Von Wagner, holy shit. I still don't understand why Von Wagner was in this match. I still don't. But I've ranted about that. Anyway, so look, the match is fine. It's nothing to write home about. Uh, Ciampa wins Goldie again. Good for him. Nothing like ushering in your new era of NXT by crowning a guy who is clearly entrenched in the old NXT. But, uh, you know, I'm bitching for the sake of bitching. Ciampa is a great choice as champion. I really was expecting that they were, at bare minimum, they were going to put it on Pete Dunne. I was afraid, knowing how shitty WWE booking can be, that they were going to put it on LA Knight because he did lose the first match. And I think a lot of people were pulling their hair out on the internet, but thank goodness it didn't go that way. Tommaso Ciampa is in. He's already been challenged by Braun Breaker next week. Does that mean that Braun Strowman really is done? Because you can't have two Brauns, right? Maybe Braun Strowman really isn't coming back to WWE. Or when he does come back, Braun Breaker is just going to become Breaker. And then he's going to get... uh, uh He's going to get a, 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 a semi-truck driver gimmick. And he's going to carry a CB radio with him. And his finishing move is going to be called the 10-4 Good Buddy. You heard it here first. <laughs> Breaker! 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 And then we got the wedding. And you know what? I feel like the build to the wedding, the little segments, wrestling weddings are what they are, okay? But they are, they're part of the fabric of this goddamn ridiculous sport that we all enjoy watching. They're part of the North American fabric. Been on Impact, they did them in in WCW, they did them in WWE. So, okay, they're going to happen. But you know what? I think they did such a good job making... Dexter Loomis and Indy Hardwell, so goddamn endearing that the the thing worked because they established the characters week after week. They had all this 
they had all the these the these personalities and and little stories amongst each other it worked what am I, what do you want from me was it the greatest thing ever no would i have preferred an extra 10 minutes on the 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 main event you know on the fatal four way yeah but for what it was i thought it was i thought it was entertaining and i have my god i have sit through i have sat through so many so many wrestling weddings that were just dog shit that were bad this one i think it did the job now what needs to be underscored here before we close up the new 2.0 NXT of 2.0-ness <clears throat> that if you ever, ever doubted that this was a new era for NXT, it should have been, comp- that you're like, no, this is really like the old NXT. Having the main event be the wedding should be the telltale sign that this is no longer your father's NXT. This is not even your NXT. The one that you fondly remembered back when Sami Zayn was NXT champion, when Shinsuke Nakamura was there, when Samoa Joe and Finn Balor were fighting each other. Or even during the uh, the storied and hollowed Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano storyline. All of that is done. It's gone. Because NXT 2.0 on its very first night main evented with a wrestling wedding whatever you knew about nxt is gone so i hope you had the time to say your goodbyes because this is the equivalent of your family pulling the plug on grandma before you were able to get to the hospital to say your goodbye by the way i hope your family never pulls the plug on grandma before you get to say goodbye. You know what? I hope your family never has the, the to be in a position where they have to decide to pull the plug on grandma or grandpa or anyone at all. <laughs> Just to be clear. I don't have the coffin dance meme queued up. I'm stupid. I really should have, right? This is a fail on my part. It's uh, I'm I'm going I'm going to uh I, I'm I'm going to make it up to you somehow. I know. I know. I don't have it. Well, no, I don't have it. It's not in my. It's not in my. It's not in my scene. Sorry. Uh, I want to wrap this up uh, talking a little more WWE. Um, you know, SmackDown last Friday, where's the, where's the, now relax everyone. <laughs> relax now. Look, people are in the chat calling, calling for me to play the, the coffin video. Okay. You know what? Yeah, babies. Cause I, I did I didn't I didn't get ready. I didn't think about it. You know what? Because I wanted to talk about wrestling. 
They want me to play the 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 coffin the the, the coffin music meme as a send off to uh as a send off to to NXT proper, right? All right. Well, if this is what you want. My God. The, the things that I do for you people. Where is it? Where am I? Uh... <laughs> this is going to. All right, are you ready for this? That's a better work. All right. I swear if All right, that's enough. If I get if I get copyright, if I get if I get a strike for this. <laughs> Rest in peace NXT 2.0. It was worth it. I hope I <laughs> the haze incident. Bye. It's a live show. Um thank you everyone for being here tonight. Smackdown last Friday. No, it played. <laughs> Smackdown last Friday. I thought it was the Madison Square Garden show. Oh, look who just showed up. It's Kristen Ashley, the first lady of the Mr. Warren Hayes show. Yeah. Welcome to the show, darling. Smackdown last Friday was the Madison Square Garden show. It was the big show, their big, it was the, the multi-brand show, you know, all that stuff that they wanted to, to, to set up, right? And and I'm going to tell you, you know, a lot of people were raving about it. We're saying it's fantastic. And you know what? I'll, oh, I'll yeah. say this. I'll say this. I thought the, the Smackdown MSG show was a really good second hour of, of, of programming. I thought the first hour... Was just your typical run-of-the-mill rigmarole smackdown without anything really interesting. Sure, Brock showing up is a big deal. It's fun. It's cool. He's got he's got a bun. He's he's wearing flannel now. And you know, he's he's coming in, he's going and he wants to beat people up. That's fine, that's great. Uh, but it's you know, it's another 18-minute promo. The 10 Madden tag match, I didn't like it, thought it sucked. Had that thing with that Atlanta Hawks guy who used to play for the Knicks, I guess. And he shows up and people are booing him. I don't follow the basketball. So I'm like, okay, well, clearly this is, you know, this is not for me. But I'm sure someone enjoys it. 
But outside of that, the match was nothing. That was nothing. Contract signing, bad. Of course, contract signings are bad. You know contract signings are bad. You're a listener to the Mr. Warren Hayes show. It is a it is a complete utter lack of uh, of 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 uh, creativity. It's lazy creative. Whenever they pull out a, a contract signing, is because they're like they don't have a better idea, and it's lame. And there's it's always the same thing. And we got a very formulaic, very very boring um, contract signing. I still don't know why Bianca Belair is skipping to the ring when she should be mad as hell. But of course, she has to do her entrance before anything else. Um, your personality begins and ends with your entrance, Bianca. It has nothing to do with you actually being mad because you were screwed out of your title by Becky Lynch, right? Um, anyway, look, that uh, weird stuff. I don't understand. Uh, I don't. I. I don't like contract signings. It was and and Becky Lynch, man. They are. I don't get it. I still don't. See, you have on one hand. You have the company here giving the complete opposite to what your their audience wants. Their audience wants to cheer for Becky Lynch. And they're not giving it to it. And then the next night on Raw, Big E, right? But I mean, I don't understand it. Look, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I thought, I thought, but then the Seth Rollins Edge match happened. And I thought it was really good. I liked it better than their SummerSlam match, personally. And I liked how, you know, this tied into Seth's character again, where he's he's he does something egregious and he has regret. Nothing as hokey as poking someone's eye out this time. But just like, you know, I'm stomping you on your neck, your neck that I know is surgically repaired and, you know, is will be will be your Achilles heel for the rest of your career, you know, might actually end you, but I'm still gonna stomp the shit out of it. I kinda liked it. I thought it was cool. Um and the show ended hot with the uh, Street Profits Usos match, even though the ending was a DQ and you couldn't get a proper ending to save your life on a WWE show, it seems. Except for this Seth Rollins Edge match. That, that was fine. Uh, and then the Demon showed up. It was a crowd pleaser. This show was a crowd pleaser. It, and it delivered on action for at least one hour. And this is my main takeaway from the SmackDown from last Friday SmackDown. It's not as if WWE doesn't want to put on, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not that WWE can't put on good wrestling shows. It chooses not to on a weekly basis. I don't think SmackDown this week is going to be as good because like, oh, we have to do the big show because it's SmackDown at MSG, but we're going to fall into the same old patterns very, very quickly. And they, it's frustrating when you see Edge and Seth Rollins having a really good match on TV, and I'm like, this is something that they should be putting on week after week. It sucked. And you know what else sucked? No women's match again this week. No women's match against this week again this week. Neither Friday or the Friday before. It's not, it's not as if they're it's not as if they're seeking women talent. But I do have to talk about Big E. This is how we're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap this up on a high note. Because it is a high note. Big E wins the WWE Championship. He was on, on SmackDown. And he said he had teased it. Said I might cash in on Monday. He starts teasing it heavily on social media. 
Shows up on Raw on Monday. Says, I'm cashing in tonight, boys. Because <clears throat> Bobby Lashley was defending against um, Randy Orton, who was supposed, a match that was supposed to happen in Extreme Rules, but they put it on Raw. Now, if that wasn't your biggest cue, your biggest hint right there, that that was, well, that uh, 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 Big E's cash-in was going to be successful... Well, again, you must be new to pro wrestling. And welcome if you're new to pro wrestling, by the way. Because you've decided to be to become new to pro wrestling in an extremely exciting time to be uh, into pro wrestling. So welcome, welcome. You've chosen a great time to do it. Lashley hurts his knee during the match with Orton, but he spears him, gets the win on Orton. Then Biggie's music hits. He runs down with the ref and the briefcase. We cut to commercial. <laughs> when we come back from commercial, um, Biggie slaps Lashley, which I thought was really cool. Ref calls the match. Lashley tackles him, starts uh, starts beating him up, but Biggie starts work. He works the injured knee. Lashley counters out of the big big ending, hits a spear. Biggie kicks out of the spear, but Biggie then does hit the big ending to get the win. Now, here's the thing. You cannot but not be... You cannot but not feel good about this, especially when you saw the reaction that accompanied Big E winning the title. You've always heard how much of a... Uh, of a, a good, well-liked guy he is backstage everyone loves him everyone thinks he's fantastic and he's a great influence a leader in the locker room and you just have this outpouring of love after from wrestlers everywhere from the other companies from within the company from the independent circuit people just got deserved well deserved just outpourings of love and you love to see that kind of stuff because that really is indicative of the type of person that person is so I'm bless bless him. That was absolutely fantastic. Um, does you know? I again, you know, as a white guy, I'm not going to sit here and talk about how important Big E's win was for uh, what's for uh, the black community for black people. I mean, look, historically speaking, this is the first time in WWE history that a black world champion passed the title on to uh, a, a black challenger that there were that basically that there's two black champions in a row this is it's a big deal i think on top of biggie being the first african-american to win uh money in the bank right so all of this is you know a whole bunch of firsts and you can tell the community is really behind this um you know so i'm not going to say sit here and speak on it there's plenty of people out there and a lot of my mutuals, a lot of people I respect, a lot of peers who uh, who are black, who were just thrilled by the situation, who who leaned into the idea that you know black black wrestlers draw, right? We saw that 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 hashtag happening, and you need that type of representation. I think I think there's you know variety is the best possible thing ever. It keeps everything from staying, from being stale. Why wouldn't anyone want, why wouldn't we have like uh, uh, um, uh, champions from all 
creeds, sizes, and and painting the, uh, reaching out to the largest amount of people out there possible. I'm studying a little bit because again, like I'm a white guy and I don't, you know, it's it's not my spot to to sit here and 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 really vouch for it. I support it. I think it's fantastic. And I was, I, but personally, I was thrilled to see how, uh, how my, uh, my black mutuals, friends, colleagues, peers, how excited they were about this. And that's, that means a lot. That means a lot. Kind of makes you wonder just how much WWE is paying attention to these types of discourses that has been happening over the past few weeks regarding diversity in wrestling promotions and especially in the top spots you know it's been a it's been a point of contention and i think uh, I, these are important conversations to have and in these circumstances like i tell anyone who you know who's you know a white guy or a white gal you know just sit listen listen to what's being being said instead of trying to go and challenge it and listen to what's being said absorb what um, what black people, people of color, a- Asian people, what they're saying when they're talking about representation, when they're talking about need, the need to see themselves in what's going on. I can appreciate that and I can get behind that. And this is the type of situation where you take a step back and you enjoy it. You enjoy it. And on top of everything, you know, if we're just talking pro wrestling outside of, you know, maybe more social implications... Big E is a fantastic wrestler. He's been doing this for so long now. He has given everything to this company. He's done, and he's always maintained his spot. His 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 spot as uh, as a guy who's just over with the audience. A great performer, who's just always remained relevant. Right. I'm gonna close it on this again. It's going to be weirdos. I'm talking a lot about the weirdos tonight. But there are going to be weirdos who are going to say, now he has to become serious. Now he has to stop being a goofball and he has to be serious because he's champion. And I'm going to tell you, same thing that the weird when the weirdos were talking about Kofi Kingston, I'm going to say the same thing here to all the same weirdos. Why would you change what brought him to this level in the first place? He was so cool when he was Biggie Langston. I want the five count to return. Why? Why would you want the five count to return? I don't understand. Because that's not what brought him to this level. There's no reason to do this. Now it's the time for him to turn on the new day. Why? Why would you want that? That's not what brought him to this place. Otherwise... It's going to be like a Becky Lynch situation where you're like, what the fuck, man? I'm supposed to be cheering for her and now you're you're trying to get me to boo her, but I want to cheer for her. Same situation here. Why would you force Biggie Langston to be anything else than Biggie right now? That's what brought him up to this to this spot here. Let him let him live through this. See the future. We'll see down the road. We'll see what happens later. But this is this is great. It's such weird reactions. Weirdos. Bring back Big E. Bring, bring back the five count. No, don't. 
You remember when he started his his singles run when they when they split up the New Day and he was on SmackDown? They brought back the 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 the, the hand powder shit. You remember they did that for one maybe two weeks and it hit the bricks. Why? Because it sucked. Because it's weird. Because it doesn't make any sense. Because that's not Big E anymore. He's not the big power lifter. He's, that's not who he is anymore. He's a guy. He comes in. He gyrates his hips. He's charismatic. He, he, he can, he can uh, trade barbs. And uh, he, uh, he promotes sexual innuendo in wrestling promos. That's what he does. That's what endeared him to us. That's who I want as a champion. There you go. I'm going to leave it on that note for tonight. Hey, Lola, let's, let's wrap this up properly with the weekly wrestling inspection saying bye-bye. I cannot thank you all enough for spending the evening with me here tonight on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes for those of you who are live. Remember, if you want to become a member, it's a good time right now because I'm about to hop over onto the post stream for members only and we are going to continue talking about pro wrestling. What are we going to talk about? What, what, what are the subjects we're going to be talking about tonight? I don't know. It's 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 you guys who are going to pick. There's so much stuff going on in wrestling tonight. I want to hear what you guys want to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about. Surprise me. So just become a member. Come and join us. We take calls from the Discord. We t talk with the live chat quite a bit. It is a fantastic time. But it was a fantastic time here tonight as well. And I want to thank everyone for joining. I want to thank everyone who's listening right now. Do subscribe. I hope I earned your subscription. If you're not already subscribed, jump right in. Give the video a like, a thumbs up here on YouTube as well. That's very much appreciated. Whew. That was a good one. I had a lot of fun. Hope you guys had a lot of fun too. And uh, hope you have a great rest of your evening. Have a great weekend, folks. There's the music. See you next time.